coming up on this episode of the MD and Chef Team Show. It's not like you can wake up the next day and go, oh, my life, I'm going to do everything differently now. Our brains don't work like that. We have to practice and cultivate patience and stillness and quiet for things to evolve and to really get back in touch with ourselves and to work out what we want rather than what we thought we wanted. Welcome to the show from the The MD MD and Chef Chef Team. Team. I'm Dr. Isabel, medical doctor here at the MD and Chef Team. And who are you? And I'm Chef Michael, culinary nutrition expert. I'm the chef part of the team. And what are we going to talk about, babe? Now, I can say that because he's my husband. (laughs) Yes. Well, then (laughs) we'll be talking about marriage, relationships, parenting, intimacy. We'll talk about mindsets of success, overcoming depression, anxiety. I'll be getting into functional nutrition, recipes and tips from the kitchen. And we're going to both get into how to live a long, healthy, vibrant life. Yes, I love it. Our mission is to help you prevent and reverse disease and give you hope in the process. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. We We like like to have fun, too. (laughs) So let's Let's get get on with the show. Hi, everyone. It's me, your Dr. Isabel, and welcome to the MD and Chef team. And today I get to talk to my brand new friend that I've met. Her name is Amanda Ewing. And I'll tell you a little bit about her and then we'll go ahead and dive into some questions. Okay. Amanda is a lifestyle coach helping high achieving women bounce out of bed like she did this morning and shift from feeling meh. I love that. Meh. Everybody gets meh (laughs) to magnificent using a blend of hot science and cool spirituality. Just six years ago, Amanda was in an unhealthy marriage. I'm sorry to hear about that. Raising teenagers in a job she was not happy with. A decade later, she's become a life coach, left an unhealthy marriage, and she's proudly gay. Having navigated kids leaving home, It is. It's a new type of momming, isn't it? And leaving a career she hated. And she's moved house five times and is healing from trauma she didn't even know she had, along with a myriad of health issues. And now she's finding joy along the way and has been a guiding light to many people. Welcome, Amanda. Wow. Thank you so much. Isn't it always so weird when you hear that? When you hear, you're like, oh, who wrote that? Oh, that's about me. Yeah. That's your story. Mm. And I just wanted to ask if this is okay. How young are you? I am 54 in five days. Oh, happy unbirthday now, but (laughs) in a couple of days, happy birthday. And isn't it cool how we get to recreate the end of the story? Absolutely. And I think that's the biggest thing that I love helping women with is that we get to choose, you know, that realization or that awareness that helping them with that awareness that you do get to choose. Yeah. And just learning that we actually wear a lot of hats and we get to figure out how we're going to make those hats dance together, you know, instead of making them dance the way the world wants them to be, you know, being a mom, a wife, a businesswoman, a mother, a daughter, all that friends, like we get to create the way we want it to be, right? 
For sure. And the thing is, it doesn't happen overnight. Like, no. it's not like you can wake up the next day and go, oh, my life's, I'm going to do everything differently now. Because it doesn't quite, our brains don't work like that, do they? No, but I'm sure you're the same like me. Like, we want it to happen like that, but that doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. We have to practice and cultivate patience and stillness and quiet for things to evolve and to really get back in touch with ourselves and to work out what we want rather than what we thought we wanted. Yeah, because it can change. Our path, you know, it changes what we want. Like what we want wanted 20 years ago may not be what we want now. And you have to be really truthful with yourself, right? And do the hard work and say, wait a minute, I'm not happy. So do you mind sharing with everybody and myself more about your story? Like, tell me all the, all the nicks and bumps and what happened to help you get to where you are now. The biggest catalyst was losing my mom a decade ago, quite suddenly. And for anyone you know, losing their mother, no matter what relationship you have with her. And I had a pretty good one. You know, I'm really blessed to be able to say that. And I was living a long way away from her in the same state in Western Australia. We have a very wildly big country. I mean, no. Yes, you do. And and so I was, it was only a two hour flight away, but it was 17 hours by car. And so I wasn't seeing a lot of her. We'd moved a couple of years prior, had two young children and we were supposed to be meeting them to go on a camping trip. So they were coming up to us and we were going down and just got a phone call from my sisters. I was in this really remote place. I was in a beautiful national park called Karajini and there's no mobile coverage. So the ranger had to come and find us Mm. and had his, you know, walkie talkie thing, satellite radio, satellite phone. And I had to ring my sisters and they said, mum had had a stroke that morning and died. And so then that must've been the first day of my holy crap moment. What am I doing with my life? But I didn't realize it at the time. It wasn't till Oh, probably within the first year of her passing, I lost my best friend that same year to cancer at 45. Mm. She had three mm. teenage kids and that was pretty tough. And I, I had already had a meditation practice. I was pretty pragmatic about life. You know, mum died and that was really awful. She was 69 and it was really sudden. And you can't avoid the grief process, right? Like as much as you think, oh, you know, it's just one of those things and I just have to deal with it. Your your brain has other ideas and your heart. So I just kept getting busier and busier and I was already really busy. So I was running a couple of businesses. I, I had started my coaching practice kind of on the side or maybe not. I don't think I had 10 years ago. No, I hadn't. It was still four years later before I did that. I was running a podiatry practice. I was on all of these boards and committees being a volunteer, which is exactly what my mum did. Mm. We had three daughters. I had two daughters. And I just had this crazy busy life. I love moving my body. I was a mountain bike rider. I was racing, training 12 hours a week. I was just, you know, I'd, I'd still get reasonable sleep. I didn't, I wasn't staying up oh, reasonably late, probably just like she did, just living this life that. I thought you needed to live to be successful, saying yes to things because it was an honour to be asked, not working out whether I actually wanted to do them or not. 
being chairman of a board and things like that that really didn't excite me. Being asked excited me and saying I'm a chairman of a board excited me at the time. I didn't actually enjoy it and it was just one day when I was driving to that meeting going, what am I doing? This is crazy. And I worked with a life coach who helped me work out what I did want and what I didn't want and I took a year off volunteering and really got to know myself a bit more and to ask myself, and I wasn't allowed to fill it with anything. I wasn't allowed to fill that time that I'd created with anything. And uh, so that was. And that's the hard work. Yeah. Spending time with yourself. Absolutely. And the busyness, you, you know, I'm an adventurous person. I love, I'm curious. I love stuff, doing stuff. Like I just love experiencing new things. And so that was the biggest catalyst. And it wasn't until a couple of years later that I saw another life coach and had a half day session with her when I was at a board meeting across the country and I'd taken an extra day and she said, what's the first thing you can do? And I collaborated with a friend who who was a colleague at the time Mm. and we ran a one day workshop and to 13 women and I just knew that was my calling. Mm. And is that like the best day of, besides being born, knowing and finding this is not mine, this is John Maxwell, one of my mentors, knowing the day, what you're called for, that day that you realize this is what I'm called for. Is that like one of the best days of your life? Absolutely. And I've got goosebumps right now because it so is. I can picture exactly that spot I was standing in. I can picture what I was wearing. I can picture where my friend was. We're now besties. And I can see everyone there and just that feeling. And I knew at that moment, I said, this is it. I need to bottle this feeling because this is incredible. Yeah. And I forgot what his name is, but, you know, everything that we've gone through, we can help people that are going through that. You know, like we all go through a path, but the way I see it is, okay, I'm here but I can help and you can too. And you are, we can help people that are going through that. We like, we get that. We feel the heartbeat of that. We understand the tears of that. We understand the sleepless nights of that. We understand the overeating of that feeling, you know, like we know, and look, you can try it this way. And when people do try it that way, or they find their own little way of doing that, it's so gratifying. Isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. It's incredible. And it it overtakes your whole being. It's just a beautiful thing. The Mm. hardest thing, though, Isabel, is the trusting because it's so unaligned with what we've been taught in society. What do you mean by that? Unpack that. To follow our path to. So you have, I had that moment where I went, this is what I need to do. This is what is my calling. Mm hmm. And yet I was a podiatrist. I had a podiatry degree. I'd been to university and I'd studied that. Mm. Didn't particularly love it, but I was good at it. I'd been doing it for 30 years. It brought me a great income. And so who was I to then go and tip that upside down and try something that was, you know, not a path that's widely taken? Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean by that challenge. You know, it's then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm reading this book by Brene Brown. 
called Braving the Wilderness. Oh, isn't that the most beautiful book? I can't put it down. I'm like, I get, she gets me. Oh my (laughs) gosh, this is me. And it was you. And it still is you. Like, come on, you know, this is not a profession. You're kind of creating your own profession right now, your new, your new life. Yeah, absolutely. And when you get that feeling in your entire being, as I said, you just have to keep trusting and having faith because that's what gets you through. Because so many people say, you know, I can some of the comments, but what a waste of being a good podiatrist. What a waste of a university degree. What a waste of 30 years. And I think, no, actually, it's made me the person I am today. And it's helped. It's not, not that I'm, I'm a coach just because I coach. It's that I've had this 30 years experience of working with people one-to-one and getting to understand them and problem solve, 30 years of problem solving, which you would understand in the in the job that you do as well. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after I've been a medical doctor since 1991 and Michael and I, my husband and I calculated, I've seen over one-on-one over a half a million people. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. (laughs) And I really feel people. So that's a lot of feeling of people and their trauma and their pain and stuff. So that's been what has helped me do the work Mm. that I'm doing right now. I wanted to ask you, so what inspires you to get out of bed? The ocean, mostly, although... I do see you in the ocean and it's not that warm all the time. It's not that warm all the time, although I did go swimming on the other side of Australia or in in Adelaide last winter and that was cold. I thought this was cold, but that was cold. Still saying that, it's not icy. I do wear a wetsuit when I swim for more than 20 minutes because I just can't. It takes me so long to warm up being quite a lean person and but the the ocean often it moving my body because winter the sun doesn't get up till seven so I can't swim in the ocean and for a couple of hours after I get up I've recently started strength training because I understand the importance of that now in my fifties yes and, very important and it's crazy I just I was aware of it but I didn't think. I needed to do it for some reason. Anyway, there's a beautiful walk along the river. It's right on the river that's not far from the ocean where I live. And so I can walk to the gym and go to the gym. And I've just started trying to run, not trying to run. I've just started a running pro. I've never run, just small run. That's quite fun as well. So moving my body inspires me to get out of bed, getting outside, getting the sunlight when it's rising. I love it. Yes, that's what helps me bounce out of bed. I don't always bounce, though. I just need to put that disclaimer in. Yeah, yeah, let's be real. Sometimes I wake up and go, how can it be five o'clock? And then I tap into all of the things I help my clients with and think, oh, isn't it interesting how my brain just told me that? My brain's just jumping in and saying, you had a terrible night. I don't think you should get up now. And then I think, okay. Thank you for telling me that I am going to get up anyway because I know how good it makes me feel. And And when you go into the ocean, why are you going into the cold ocean? What what are the benefits of that? Why would you do that to yourself? (laughs) So many things are about the way I feel afterwards and how good it is for us to get outside our comfort zone. And, And I know the more I do that, the more amazing I feel. 
And the longer winter lasts, the harder it is. You think you kind of struggle at the beginning of winter and then it gets easier. But when it's just not getting warmer yet, it's much more challenging, which is happening now. And it is some days it's windy and cold and icy and you just don't want to do it. I meet a couple of friends most of the time and we have coffee afterwards and it's beautiful connection. Connection is one of my highest values and I love connecting and just challenging myself. You know, we swim for 30 minutes. It's not massive, but can be quiet. Sometimes it feels like an hour because the ocean can be quite wild and you're You've got to have all your senses switched on. That's what I love. You're really immersed in the moment. You can't listen to anything. You're just there in the ocean at one with nature, watching the sunrise, keeping an eye on the waves to make sure you're not going to get bowled over. And and it's a beautiful thing. And I think a lot of people down there that are doing the same thing are very like-minded, so it's a beautiful energy as well. Are you swimming or just jumping the waves? I'm swimming for 30 minutes, so almost two kilometers. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, that would definitely take uh, focus for me (laughs) because I'd be afraid of sharks and jellyfish and all that stuff. Yeah, and they're there. There's shark, you know, the beaches get closed with sharks. There's been a fatal shark attack not far from where I swim. We didn't swim there for a while when that happened a couple of years ago. How would you like to feel a sense of clarity, focus, and mental sharpness that enables you to tackle any challenge with ease? Can you envision experiencing a better memory and recall, allowing you to easily remember important details, names, and events? What could you accomplish if your mental energy is always high, allowing you to stay alert and productive throughout the day without feeling mentally fatigued or foggy. How great would it feel when you experience better quality sleep, allowing your brain to rest and recharge, leading to increased productivity and creativity? Imagine feeling a sense of calmness and control, allowing you to manage stress and anxiety with ease, giving you the confidence to handle any situation. Be honest with yourself. When was the last time you experienced an overall sense of well-being and satisfaction? You see, your brain health positively impacts all areas of your life, from work to relationships and personal growth. Just visualize how amazing it would feel to have optimal brain health and unlock your full potential. If you want to learn more, and I know you do, then check out the link in the show notes for the Optimizing Your Brain Health community. And we look forward to seeing you there. And now back to the rest of the show. Honestly, I don't believe I'm going to say this out loud, but if I die doing something I love, then, you know, that's awful for all of the people around me that, that are going to miss me the benefits and the risks. I have weighed up the risks and I weigh them up every day. My kids have left home now. I didn't do that so much when they were younger because I really was needed. And I still do. I swim as close to the shore as possible. (laughs) You've got to be outside past the waves sometimes. Yeah. And I, and I just trust because it just brings me the most incredible feeling and it's 
Yeah. Every day is a risk, isn't it? Every day something could happen to us. It is. It is. And being outside of our comfort zone is a good thing. I was just, Michael and I were with our business coach just before this. And she said, you know, I've got a client that's just very afraid all the time. She's always afraid. And so that's stopping her because she's teaching her how to be a TEDx speaker. And so what I've done is I've let her know that you've got to make the connection that being afraid, being nervous, connect it with, this is a good thing. This is like going to propel you into goodness. And so what I'm saying to our listeners is it's so important to be out of your comfort zone because you're growing. And when you do get nervous, it's important to understand you're growing and you're becoming. And how many people, Amanda, that you and I know that are just shrinking and just getting comfortable, like they believe that they're going to be dying within the next 10, 20 years. And I don't know about you, but I'm living to be a hundred plus healthy, toned, thinking clearly and sexy for my husband until my last breath. Well, irresistible at least. And (laughs) like, that's my goal. And so for us to have a picture in our mind, like, why are we out of our comfort zone? We're doing it because we're going towards that picture. But if you don't have that picture, then you'll stay, that picture in your mind will be, no, I'm going to stay safe. And then, of course, you're not going to feel any nervousness. So what do you do? What do you say to yourself when you start to feel nervous about getting out of your comfort zone? It's very similar to to just notice when I, in the mornings, the bouncing out of bed bit, it's just noticing my thoughts. Isn't Mm -hmm. it interesting that my brain is trying to stop me going now? I get in the car, the seats are cold. I put the heaters on the seats. You know, we have so much comfort. Yeah, (laughs) The passenger seat and the driver's seat are different. You know, you can choose. And I rug up and I wear all the clothes and I have my beanie on. And I just know that because other people have done it, if I've never done it before, it's doable. So I I know that I generally don't do things that have never been tried before (laughs) yet. And it's really noticing the thoughts and then challenging them and Mm. getting to the point where you can then flip them and go, oh, you're so interesting and just practicing. And I know that it's a practice. Oh, I've done this before and I'm going to be okay. Or other people have done it before. And if what's the worst thing that could happen? I get hypothermia, someone saves me and, you know, I'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Or I don't. But what if I didn't try? Like the being on the couch, you know, just doing nothing. Like you say, and you described with your hands for anyone that can't see us is uh, that shrinking where your hands are just sort of coming together and it's just like, oh. Yeah, just, blah. Yeah, I think it's the expansion. And it becomes something that brings you so much great chemicals in your brain that you almost rely on that, not rely on that. It's not a dependence, not an addiction to swim. I, I was at one point I was having to swim every day and if I didn't, I would be really grumpy with myself and I'm a bit of a recovering perfectionist. But that wasn't great for me because then I would race to before sunset. If I hadn't got in the daytime, I'd race to the beach to make sure I went in because I didn't mm. want to break that streak. That's right, right. not healthy for my personality type. And um, mine either. No, I get you. But the ocean swimming and and to look at the weather forecast and go, isn't that interesting? 
And the worst thing that can happen is I can't. I have once or twice got in and thought it's too wild or I'm not feeling great today. I'm going to get out um, Good. and give myself grace for that. I'm glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that. You give yourself grace and you don't have to do it. Like we start getting addicted to the the pattern, you know, like I got to do this. Like, no, you don't have to do it. Like, let's be smart too. For sure. And particularly when we had the pandemic and so there was sickness associated with that. So I couldn't do, I had, you know, I've learned to listen to my body mm-hmm. because it's so important. I didn't do that for a period of my life when I was mountain bike racing. And I knew that I shouldn't have raced this extra season. I think it was my fifth or sixth year of racing and I felt terrible and I still did it. And I fell in a heap and had to have a couple of years off mm. any exercise that got my heart rate over 100. Oh, okay. Well, so, that taught you a lesson, right? Absolutely. Listen, yeah. your body is incredibly <laughs> wise. So what? listen to those wise words that Amanda just said. <laughs> listen to your body. As a matter of fact, like right now, I have had this kink in my left shoulder for 72 hours. And Michael and I do weightlifting and stuff because, you know, strength training is really important. And today I still have that little thing. And thank you. Those words that you just said, I'm going to listen to myself and I'm going to say, babe, I can't do it today. You go do it. Because he's been postponing his workout because he can't, we can't work out. And I'm going to be like, no, go do your thing. I just will continue to rest because I was thinking this morning, No, I'm just going to press through, but I don't want to end up and hurt myself, you know? So wise words, play. Where did adults stop playing? When did we stop playing and being like children? Oh, gosh. I'm sure it happens like as soon as we become teenagers. We get this, you know, worry about everyone else and everything else and and we become more sloth-like as teenagers. Generally, you know, the sleeping in and the just the the worrying about what other people think kicks in for some reason. Mm. And we just slow down. And then as a society, we can rely on not great behaviors to bring playfulness in later as teenagers in, you know, 18, 19. In Australia, it's 18 when you can start drinking and you get playful when you do crazy stuff if you go down that path, which most seem to do, Mm. generalising there. And then we start to get onto this rat race, Isabel. I know. (laughs) And we've got to get a career and we've got to know what we want for the rest of our lives when we're 20 or, you know, 17. And then we have to buy a house with a mortgage for 30 years that's just strangling us. That's right. And the way... The brain works is just you've just got it, and society rewards us for hard work. And Brene Brown, that you mentioned earlier, who is phenomenal and one of my favorites, says we live in a society that rewards hard work and doesn't allow or celebrate play or encourage play Mm. at all, which is slowly changing. I'm pleased to say, slowly changing, thankfully. And how do you help your clients integrate fun and play? into their lives? First of all, it's about creating space for it because I have a beautiful list of a hundred ways to play and I can give them that, but it's just going to sit there and gather dust. 
either on their hard drive or when they print it out and it's just going to sit there and they'll go, oh, wow, that looks cool. That's not going to work for me because I don't have time. And so it starts with looking at how you're spending your time, 168 hours in a week. Mm. And what are you doing with them? And that's usually the moment where they go, oh, and how could I fit anything? And I had no idea that there was no space in what I'm doing, just this crazy busy life. The weekends might be free, but generally they're then filled with doing things for other people and everyone else and forgetting what they even like to do. So they go right down the ladder. And so looking at how to physically fit things in, what's happening, what do you want your life to look like compared to what it does and how to gradually change that. And then there's the mindset work as well around being worthy and creating that inner knowing within them, which I can tell them they have to do that work themselves to know that it is possible to put themselves first and necessary to be the best humans that they can be. Yeah, because we got to play. And for me, it's just realizing how I'd forgotten to, as much as I was mountain biking and that's kind of playful, Mm. I was attaching this major seriousness to it because I was racing. So I had to get up and get out there and, you know, make sure I'd done my proper training. And if I missed a training, it freaked me out. And I think uh, you and I have a lot of the same personality, like, (laughs) we got to get this done. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is a great attribute until it's not. <laughs> That's right. Until it kills us. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And how beautiful that we've both had that realization <laughs> yeah. that we can use that as a strength and we have to realize when it's not a strength. No, it's, it's deadly. It's a deadly weapon. <laughs> Yes. Um, in the book that I'm reading, like I said, uh, Braving the Wilderness, Brene, I mean, I just, I'm like, I've had this book for three years and I just finally was like, okay, you know, when you see a title and you're like, oh yeah, you spoke to me. Like I got, this is now. And she was doing a talk with Oprah. And then just before doing a talk with Oprah, her daughter said, did you write me out of my permission slip for school that I could go on this school trip? And she sent back to her daughter. Yeah, I promise you, I wrote it out. The school's got it. And then she just like sat on the edge of the bed and said, I need to write myself a permission slip to have fun with what I'm doing. <laughs> she was freaking out going to do on this talk with Oprah. And I'm like, we need to write ourselves a permission slip to have fun. For sure. And that to-do list that you have, it needs to go at the top. That needs to be a non-negotiable. So what am I going to do for fun? So when your head hits the pillow at nighttime, what have I done for fun today? Yeah. yeah, And and no one else is going to do it for you. Mm -hmm. I do a little fun game with myself. Like I have fun washing the dishes. I do. My husband cooks. I clean. I'm an excellent cleaner. And I enjoy, I have fun cleaning up. I like a clean kitchen. So I have fun making sure everything's clean. But that wasn't the story before. So we can create our own fun stories anywhere at any time. Yes. And it's switching. First of all, noticing the thought process that says, I hate doing the dishes to changing that up. And I'm laughing because I I don't particularly, haven't in the past liked drying the dishes and I have Mm -hmm. a dishwasher. 
and my partner doesn't like using a dishwasher for good reason because yeah. I'm hacking it and it doesn't dry the plastics and, you know, all the things. I've just got used to doing that and I've recently found myself complaining about drying the dishes. So it's a very great reminder to me and a reminder to anyone listening, we don't have it all sorted out either. No, we're becoming. We continue to become, you know. Absolutely. And it evolves. Yeah. <laughs> and the ability to laugh at myself has been something else that, you know, has introduced fun into my life yeah. uh, too. When I do crazy stuff or I go, I hate doing the dish. I hate drying the dishes. I can't believe I have to dry them. Why can't we just use a dishwasher? And then going, well, oh, that's an interesting negative thought that I just had. How could I flip that around? And, and I do like that. I like that what you're doing there. Oh, that's an interesting thought. You know, pay attention to what you're thinking and, and question, oh, that's an interesting thought. Do I want to continue having that thought? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's good. That's the first step. Well, we're going to go ahead and land this plane. <laughs> and before we go, how about, do you mind giving our listeners, sharing with our listeners three takeaways that they can implement starting today so that they can start winning? The first one I would say is, and this is giving me goosebumps, is have a think about the last time you felt pure joy, where there was a moment in your life where you just felt completely free, like a kid. And it may have been when you were a kid, hopefully not, but, you know, give yourself grace if it was. And what were you doing? Just embracing that feeling, have a think about it and think about how you could recreate that feeling in your life today, not when you get older or when you, when your kids leave home or when you retire or get a better job or uh, mm. find a partner or, you know, have a better relationship, whatever, whatever's going on for you, it's possible now to have more fun and play in your life. So just thinking about what that might look like. And the second thing I would say is just take a moment and practice forgiveness for all the horrible things you've said to yourself and for just accepting where you are now is exactly where you're meant to be. And there is nothing wrong with you. Mm. You're not broken. You <laughs> And change is possible. And just accepting where you are as being, you know, incredible. Because if you're here now listening to this podcast, you've had a pretty amazing life already and you've done some incredible things just to survive this human experience. Yeah. And the third thing is when you wake up in the morning, notice your thoughts. Notice what you're thinking and ask if they're true. Very good. Thank you so much. Now, where can people find you? I am on Instagram and Facebook, social media places where we can embrace those places into our life. Sometimes I think that we have too much of them, but I am Amanda Ewan there, E-W-I-N, amandayuan.com on my website and my podcast is Bounce Out of Bed. And all of those connections will be in the show notes on this podcast. Beautiful. And my DMs are always open. Email as well, amanda at amandayuan.com. And I love connecting with people. And I think I'm never too busy to hear from 
you and you know I'll answer as well we can have a conversation yeah all right well thank you so much Amanda are you going into the ocean today I've got a big podcast day today, so I think I will definitely go into the ocean this afternoon. I did a big swim yesterday, so it'll be what I call a tea bag, which is just a dunk, and <laughs> and I will do that. I'll do that this afternoon. Okay, that sounds great. Well, have a good dunk. Have a good <laughs> tea bag dunk today. I shall. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Isabel. It's been a delight. Thank you. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for sharing your heart. That was beautiful. Well, everybody, thank you so much for your time. Please share it with anybody that you know that would benefit from it. And I will see you next time on the MDN Chef Team. And before I go, please remember to remain unstoppable. Keep on becoming the person you want to become. Know that you're good now, but have that picture of what you want for the rest of your life. Okay? I love you. Bye. Hello, Chef Michael here. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you subscribed to the podcast and left us a review.